Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly life transitions podcast, where we share the stories and experiences of professionals that help families create a new path for themselves. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about transitioning your life through relationship separation, starting a new career, having babies, and many other life transitions. Find out more at mycleanbreak.ca. Here are your hosts, Darren and Tina. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to Clean Break the Podcast. I'm Darren Javag, and we have a very exciting episode today. I'm so stoked about my guest. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, life transitions. You know, everyone that's tuning in these days to uh, Clean Break the Podcast knows that we talk about life transitions, how things, uh, how different life transitions can affect people and finding some guidance to get through it. So my guest today is Amy Frinsen. Am I saying that correctly, Amy? Friesen. Yeah. Okay. Amy Friesen. And Amy is the CEO and founder of Tea and Toast, Artful Aging with Amy. Amy, uh, you are also a best-selling author as well. So we're going to talk about that as, as well. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Darren. I really appreciate it. Excellent. Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your journey and what got you to what it is you do and how you got there. Sure. Yeah. So I've been uh, in the seniors industry uh, for almost 20 years at this point. And uh, I started in retirement living and marketing, and I just really loved being around seniors um, and enhancing their lives. And then uh, an opportunity came up uh, almost eight years ago at this point to jump into entrepreneurship and start Tea and Toast, where we help seniors find retirement living. So instead of being the person in the home helping through that journey and their in find the right homes for them um so guiding uh and then like you said with the book we launched a book because a lot of people don't necessarily make it to tea and toast because they're not quite ready so the book is an easier transition to help people uh through the journey to get to us hopefully or to get to the retirement living and then we just launched artful aging with amy uh which is a podcast on uh basically anything to do with support helping caregivers, supporting them, giving them direction, as well as the seniors they love. Wow. Well, no one's going to say you have a boring, uh, you know, daily life routine. I tell you that right now. All right. So let's back this up a little bit. You started out in, you said the retirement industry. So what type of like industry was that? Like, what is it specific you were doing back then? Sure. So for the first nine years of my career, I was working a short stint in long-term care and a short, uh, well, long stint in retirement uh, retirement homes. So uh, I was responsible for introducing the general public to the retirement homes as the marketer. So helping them through the journey as um, that home specific marketing person, as opposed to what I do now, which is looking at all the homes. Okay. And what made you decide to change your direction or your career? Like uh, from um, that? Yeah, I act well, it's, it's very similar at the moment, actually, what we do. Actually, I was reshuffled at the organization I was at and uh, uh, many entrepreneurs find themselves in that in that transition as well and so once once I figured out what that meant then I realized that what I actually was looking at doing and had thinking was thinking about from the year previously then you know no time better than the present so I hopped in and uh, and in about two months from that point uh, TN Toast was launched and then we were starting to get busy by the end of that year. Wow. And and so how many years have you been doing tea and toast now? We're turning eight in May. Congratulations. That's exciting. So tell us a little bit more about uh, tea and toast. What specifically does your organization do? 
So what I was finding in the retirement homes is that there's a lot of people coming to the home because they could see it from their home. So it was a location thing. And so they'd come in and hope that all the, the check boxes were checked for what they needed with location and care and cost. Um, but what I was finding more often than not is that the home that I was in, it didn't really matter which one of the homes at that time, um, didn't always check all the box for everyone, as you can imagine. And people were leaving frustrated, but I didn't know enough about the other homes in my area, in the industry to be able to say, this might not be the right fit, but you should go to X, Y, or Z and have a conversation with them. And so really what we're doing at Teen and Toes is we're working in the community with families before they get to that point to say, hey, what is your particular journey look like now? And what does it look like in the future? So that we can actually help them plan, not only for budgeting uh, and location, but also care. Because as you know, people's care does progress and not all retirement homes can do all care. And so a lot of people get into trouble thinking they can get all the care in one home. And then when they actually need the care, it's not there. And so then they have to actually move either to another retirement home or to long-term care or bring in extra care, which could be costly. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really about trying to limit the amount of moves and limit that um, upheaval, I guess. There's a lot of upheaval as it is going into a retirement home, uh, just because people are often selling the family home, moving and all of that. And they hadn't maybe moved in 50 years, some of, some of the folks we work with. So trying to reduce that. And if, and if we don't reduce it because of their choice to go to one home as independent um, seniors and then move to another home and they need care, that's fine too. Uh, most of what we do is educating them on what are the choices so that, you know, if they choose whatever journey, they know how that will play out so they can make educated decisions along the way. Okay. Okay. Now, when they when a client comes and works with you, is it like a, an hourly rate? Do you have packages that you offer them? What, what how what's the what's the process? So we're um, so being in Ottawa, we're one of a few uh, advisors in the area. However, this industry is pretty new in in Canada, and I have a um, a network across Canada of other um, same you know business owners that that also operate in our space. And um, so once I started connecting with everyone, the industry here in Ottawa is, is based on a free model, free to the you know, um, residents that, and the families. So that means that the retirement homes often pay a commission for when someone makes a move. So that's generally how we operate. Uh, about 95% of our clients, it's complimentary for them. Um, but there is a need because not all homes work with advisors, not all you know, not all people come to us to move. Some of them come for advice. Some of them come for long-term care navigation. And so we do have packages for those folks. Um, the, for instance, our long-term care navigation will set people right on the right foot, know where to look in the, the long-term care homes. Um, and it's all set out for them because it's a pretty complicated industry as well. And that could be, you know, $300. Um, but that sets them up to know exactly where they're going, which is, is more difficult to find in the public system because there's not as many resources that are directly, you know, there to serve you as the client. And so when you hire someone privately, that that's what we do. That's our job. Okay. And you now do you do you run this operation by yourself? Do you have some partners? Um, so I own the company by myself, but we have five advisors and two admin and myself. So we're actually okay. a pretty big team where I think we're one of the biggest teams. Yeah. Okay. So you're like, sorry, did you say you're five? 
So five advisors plus three of us are admins. So okay. Uh, okay. And I guess, you know, like the boomer generation, right? That must be a hot topic right now because of the number of people in that demographic of boomers that are looking for retirement living. Um, what do you find, where do you find the most, uh, you find that mo you spend the most of your time on? Is it the, is it the um, uh, long-term care or is it somebody that is looking to, you know, like, is it crisis intervention where they're having to make a decision, like snap decision because their health has changed dramatically? Or are you finding more people are contacting you because they're trying to be preemptive and plan the exit strategy? Oh, Darren, I wish more people contacted me to be preemptive. <laughs> <There's> a, <you laughs> know, that's what we educate people on. And that's the whole reason for my podcast, right? Is, is just teach people that there's a different way than being in a crisis. So a lot of the people we work with need to make a move within a, a few weeks, wow. um, which would be in our in our world of in a crisis placement type of situation. Most of the people we work with are in retirement living, although because of COVID and all the stuff that's happening, we've actually been assisting a lot more people in long term care because everybody's confused about the two industries, how they interact with each other. Um, and so we have been doing more consulting for long-term care just to get people in the right um, frame of mind and in the right um, direction, really. Right, right. And, and let me ask you, like, typically when, when you're helping somebody, if they're going into a retirement home, or do you also help people with just downsizing? Maybe somebody's got like this, you know, six bedroom house that they've raised the Brady Bunch in, right? And now they have to like downsize. Like, what is it that they're usually looking for? Like the, the clientele that you're working with? So generally, what I like to say is that we concentrate on all things making a move towards retirement living. That's, you know, that that transition of picking the home, what are the next steps, figuring out, you know, care levels and stuff. That's where our bread and butter is. That's where we shine. And mm -hmm. then everything else, we have colleagues to help. So downsizing, we have colleagues to help real estate all different things. So it depends on what each client needs. We, we definitely have a lot of knowledge base and we definitely can help for a lot. But when it comes to things like specifically like downsizing and selling homes and stuff, we have trusted partners that we use because uh, I just can't be good in all, all directions. So I'd rather have someone that's, you know, a colleague and, and we know how they work and that they are, they're good to our clients to do that. Okay. And do you find, do you find nowadays that people are bringing in the whole family to have the conversation with you? Or is it, do you, do you typically just deal with like, you know, the mom and dad, or just like, if one partner's passed away, then you're dealing with just the one person. Like, do you find it's more of a family in, in environment or is it, is it, you know, one person? Uh, mostly it's a family environment. Most of our first calls in are from caregivers, usually daughters, to be honest. Uh, we do we do work with a lot of sons as well. But um, so mostly it's the children starting the search. And then it's dependent on their parents' um, independence level. So if, if their loved one is independent and needing a little bit like small amounts of care or, you know, very cognitively well, of course, they're in the conversation as well. And we want to talk to them as well. Um, equally so if someone has dementia 
we also want to talk with them, but it's a different process to what we do because uh, we, we don't want to overwhelm someone who has cognitive uh, decline. And so we do it just a little bit different. And then there's also independent seniors that don't have families that either are looking for their partner or themselves and they want to just not be on their own. COVID's caused a lot of isolation. And so a lot of people are coming to us because they've been isolated for so long at this point that they just want to make a move to a community setting. Okay, so you're kind of like the quarterback. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> you quarterback the team, right, to get everybody in. And, okay, so let me, let, let's ask some, some brass tacks questions here, right? What are, some of the, uh, what are some of the benefits or reasons why, like, a family should be coming to you, you know, to deal, to deal with their move? Like, well, like, what are the reasons why they should come to you? Well, generally speaking, uh, from my own experience being a marketer in the home, um, there's, you know, there's not enough time in the day to be able to form up the relationships that we do as TNTOs. So, you know, you're, when you're a marketer in the home, they're doing their best. They're doing awesome jobs, uh, but they're also a manager. They're also in the home. And they also have usually a hundred residents around that don't differentiate what the jobs are sometimes, right? Like right. they'll come to you if they need you. Cause you're a manager. In the community, we have a lot more breadth of what we can do. We also, you know, like I said, I have the podcast, I do speaking and things like that. So there's a lot of different ways people can find us. And a lot of clients that have come to us feel as though um, that it's a lot less, um, not pushy, but just they just don't feel like they're, you know, being contacted all the time because sometimes people call three, four, five homes and then all those people call them back, right? Oh, so, wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's not it's not quite like that. We're kind of like a broker where we can just deal with the homes for them so that all the homes call us and then we talk to the clients. So um, and then also, you know, if their client is going to a retirement home, that's the home that they're seeing. That's the information that they have, as opposed to knowing from all of the retirement homes, what's the best fit. You know, so there will we'll narrow down to location and care. Uh, and costs, and we'll give them the top three or four based on that. Whereas if they just walked into a home, that's the home, right? The, whatever the care is, whatever the cost is, and most people don't know the difference, right? And they just think, okay, great. Um, but they might be missing out on some uh, care down the line that they don't know about, or it might not be the perfect location for multiples of reasons. So we're able to give them kind of a plat, like a platter of retirement homes and say, okay, these ones best fit you as mm -hmm. opposed to you would best fit into this home. Yeah, that's great. That's really great, actually. Cause like, you know, I think, I think one of the challenges, especially with the internet and the amount of information that's out there, everyone says, well, all the information's out there on the internet. The problem is, is it's almost like information overload. You know, you go on Google and you set, you search a term, you get, you know, 20 or 30 different results. And now you're trying to, you know, uh, you're trying to intake all this information, process it, and then figure out the rest, the best choice. So I really like what you guys are doing. You're kind of like narrowing it down saying, look, let us understand who you are. And then we'll, we'll help you narrow down, you know, the best options for you. And then you can choose from there. So you're not losing the choice. You're just kind of like filtering out all the, the noise in the market, well, right? That's the thing. And, and also about, you know, doing a search online, one of the um, irritations, I guess you could say, in our senior living industry for clients is that at, as a whole, retirement homes don't post pricing, don't get specific about what care actually means. And so there's holes in those websites that people don't understand and people get frustrated 
you know, I, I understand that retirement homes can't price put pricing because it's different for each person depending on what they need. Uh, but the general public doesn't actually understand that. They just think they're hiding something. And okay. so for me to be able to say, this is, these ones do fit you the best. Like after we've, you know, done a full discovery and we've talked to whoever's involved, you know, that's what we're bringing them as opposed to them trying to search. It does take families who don't work with advisors, usually 80 plus hours to do research and touring. Cause some people are touring up to 15 buildings, Wow. Uh, which, you know, for me is astronomical. There's no need for that. Right. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And, and let me ask you, what, what's the typical challenge that, you know, the caregivers face uh, when they're assisting their loved ones, finding, finding uh, a new place to live? What are the big challenges? One of the big challenges is wrapping their head around the difference between nursing homes and retirement homes. A lot of people put them in the same bucket. And then on top of that, a lot of people are just misinformed about what retirement living is. And, and so they remember 1930s nursing homes that their grandma was in it and it was awful. And then now they're trying to get a move for you know, themselves or their loved ones. And they're thinking of that 1930s nursing home, but really retirement and nursing are two different things. And retirement homes are a social model, although they can provide care, um, they're, they're for socializing as well. And so they could look and feel and operate completely different than what people have in the back of their mind. So it's a huge obstacle to get over with a lot of people. Right. One of the other things is that um, a lot of families just don't have the time. And so consider a lot of the children who are looking for the seniors in their lives, they're working, they have families, a lot of them are what's called sandwich generation. Um, and so they've got a lot of balls in the air, right? And so a lot of this time that is being spent on research is on happening on breaks and late at night. I know even us, we get a lot of um, contact emails from our website after 6 p.m. Um, wow. As people have 10 seconds, they throw off an email to us and it's really funny because they're really surprised when I get back to them within, you know, a couple of minutes because, you know, you're, all of us have emails on our phone and I'm, you know, of the mind that I know that that is the time that they have. And so could we set something up, right? Um, so people are just trying to fit this search in and get it over with. But the problem with that is that this is what's going to happen. Like if you're looking for your parents, this is what's going to be their living situation for a number of years. And so we're all trying to relieve this pressure of what's happening. Oh my goodness, my mom needs care. It's an emergency, emergency, relieve the pressure. But then if they do it on their own, there's, it's starting to stockpile and they just want to get it over with. And so people make wrong moves, which is very difficult on families that they have to redo this search. Yeah. So speaking of the wrong moves, is there, it, do you find that there's um, like, like a few typical mistakes that people make when they're doing this on their own? I think one, not necessarily, yes, mistakes, but what my top thing would be is, is not understanding what care level the actual home offers. Because in Canada, we use the word um, assisted living interchangeably. It could mean assisted living means meals and housekeeping are included, but you're independent. It could mean that there's some minimum care included, or it could mean all the way up to super heavy care. Um, and it's all called assisted living. Mm -hmm. And so what are the main things I tell people if they, you know, as I educate or I'm speaking or whatnot, or if someone doesn't work with us and they want to do the search, because there are a lot of researchers that do like to do the search. That's what I tell them to ask, you know, what care level can they do and, you know, and be clear about it. And so that way they don't get into a spot where they actually need more care 
And then, then they have to move again while they're actually more frail or they need memory care and the home doesn't have a memory care uh, you know, floor available. So um, that's one of the biggest missteps is just not understanding what the care terminology is and not asking the homes about it so that they you know, have a full understanding. Okay. And let me ask you that you kind of got me thinking there. Do you, do you help people that, <laughs> do, you, do you also help people that maybe are looking to live at home and just maybe they don't want to move to, um, you know, a long-term care facility or, or, or a retirement home, uh, ret- uh, retirement residence, maybe they want to do it at home. Do you help with those types of processes too? Well, what, so some of, some of the other folks in Ottawa do start directing towards um, home care, just the same as we do. So, you know, because a lot of the times we can be a first call, um, sometimes people have us doing planning. And so we'll come in and have a conversation and say, you know, you need some home care for this, perhaps, or you need a grab bars for that. And so we'll direct them to those resources, just the same as our downsizers, but we can still do kind of an overview of everything and where they're at. And so that way we can also say, okay, you know, if they're dealing with an illness or a disease, for instance, so say we're dealing with dementia, we can say, okay, this is kind of the progression that we generally see. And this, this, you know, if this happens, this might be your exit point for making a move. Like let's set your mom up here with these resources, but just so you know, there will come a time where she might become wander risk or she might need extra services. And then you might need to look actually at making a move. Um, So we're able to lay it out for them that way so that we can advise them on the full path and then give them partners along the way that they can talk to. Yeah. And sometimes I think, I think those journeys can be a slippery fast slope. Right. And, and I'm sure in your industry, you see people who like today, their cognizant, their cognition is great. And then, you know, literally like a month, a couple of weeks and something happens and bang, they have to make a choice. Right. So um, like, is that common as well in your industry? You see that? I think that people, we see it all the time. And I think it's because either one people like usually the children don't see how bad things are getting. They're not either there enough or, you know, a lot of seniors are very good at hiding things. Um, And so it just sneaks up on them or, um, you know, with COVID that came through as well. It's like, there's a lot of people just isolating. People just couldn't get to them. And so people's healthcare changes all the time. And all of a sudden, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a child who hasn't really been involved with care. Something's changed with their parent. All of a sudden, they're the ones involved with the care, but they don't have the time or the energy or the interest in doing it. So all of a sudden, it's an emergency as opposed to what I prefer to do is plan it out so that, you know, you don't get stuck in this emergency. Because a lot of our crisis placements, they end up coming from hospital because someone's had an emergency. They had no other solution mom or dad end up in hospital and then they have to have another solution because they can't return home. Right. And that, that's a service that you offer, which is crisis crisis placement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's basically our same service. We just do it quicker. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's more so quicker on the, on the family side, because we actually can get this whole, you know, whole service and everybody situated done very quickly yeah. uh, within a matter of days at some points. Um, and then it's just, you know, relying on the family of how quick they want to move. So crisis placement actually comes down to getting the family to move quicker. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, we basically do, we do the same thing. So let me ask you something in a situation like that, cause I'm a, I'm a financial planner by, by nature. Like that's what my career is, but uh, you know, um, do you find that a lot of people don't have say powers of attorney or will set up? That- 
yeah, a ton of people don't have powers of attorney or wills and it's terrifying. Yes. Um, yeah. So we're, we're definitely directing people a lot as well. Um, and that's the sticky thing about getting into crisis, because depending on what it is, if you, as you know, if you don't have a power of attorney and you get into crisis and deemed incompetent, say you have dementia, you can't have a power, like you can't, you can't create do one. The power yeah. of attorney anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it gets super tricky. Yeah, I, <laughs> I become a little bit of a broken record with some clients, you know, like a lot, because I ask on, on like every annual review, I'm like power attorney, yeah, power attorney wills in place, you know, because for me, it's just like I live on the like you on the other side when something goes wrong, and you have to try to navigate the government and the resources for people and you, you know, you're, I can't talk to you about your parents financials, I'm sorry, and you don't have a power of attorney, right? So I guess yeah. I tried to do use to use stories. I know in my own life, I can, I can speak to my own experience. Um, my mother, uh, who's 87 now, she lived in uh, Toronto for a good piece of her life. And so did I. And um, about eight years ago, she had a stroke. And um, unbeknownst to me, I was the power of attorney and she never told me. <laughs> she didn't want to share any of that information with me. So I, I ended up having to drive down to Toronto probably about six or seven times over the course of three months trying to help get her organized and and she you know didn't really bring me into the conversation until something was in a situation where I had to be brought in and I'll never forget this is that I didn't know where anything was I didn't know like where where anything was uh to deal with it but I'm an only child I'm living out outside of the city and and my parent hadn't really shared anything with me so now I'm opening a closet with with uh, like unopened mail stacked up in the side of the room trying to figure out her life so like it, it probably took me about six months to figure things out and it was incredibly stressful so I think one thing I don't I don't know how you approach this but I think communication is so important for people regardless of whether they're dealing with the crisis or before the crisis really if you can bring people in and and have have the conversation you know um well, Consider that when when your parent, for instance, is in crisis, so are you. And so, if people are waiting for this point, then not only is your is your loved one in crisis, but you're right there with them, right? And so everything kind of goes out the window. And that's why um, on the T and Toast website, that's why I have a medical planner there that I created because it's you know try to get everything in one spot, so at least we know where to look for it. My parents right. are the same way. They you know, we, we, you know, when people used to travel at this point, they would say, oh, the, you know, the key to the thing is there. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. I'll figure that out. Thanks. But we just had this situation with my grandma where she ended up in hospital and there's four kids that, you know, don't necessarily get along. And then they found out that they're all powers of attorney. <laughs> like that's just, you know, grab the popcorn because it's going to be <laughs> quite, quite a show. Right. And it's very stressful. What do they say? Not my circus, not my monkeys or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Now that kind of leads into the next question, which is how do you, how do you talk with seniors and loved ones and family members about how, how do you get everyone on board? How do you get them all kind of like all the ships going in the same direction? It's, it's can be really difficult for some families who don't get along. And so, uh, and, and luckily there's lots of families that do get along, but I always say, you know, start your journey. If there's multiple siblings, have a conversation with them first. Everybody get on one page before presenting this to your loved one, because often what happens is that 
the family member see something for the senior and then they want to present this option to the senior, right? There's, there's definitely seniors who do look to move independently on their own. Um, but generally what we find is that people want to present an option. And so if you go to your loved one and two siblings are on one page and two siblings are on the don't move page, then that loved one, that senior is not moving because that's the easiest route, even though it could be the most dangerous. So you know, get on everybody on the same page or in the same direction. And then also don't just spring it on your loved one, schedule a time and say, Hey mom, can I come over on Tuesday? Let's have a cup of tea. I'd like to discuss this. Um, and that way they have time to gather their thoughts. Um, and you have time to gather your thoughts and you're not just coming at them out of the blue. It's like mm-hmm. Sunday dinner. Hey, by the way, let's talk about making a move to a retirement home. It's like, Oh my know, God. That's not what people really want to talk about. Yeah, it's out of the blue. So and the other thing is, too, is that, you know, if you are, if your loved one, again, does have dementia, I talk about it a lot because there's a lot of people who have cognitive uh, decline. So if they do have dementia, then the other way to do it is get everybody on the same page, but also do some preliminary research before you present it, because we want to make sure it's as streamlined as possible, depending on where that person is in their dementia journey. We want to make sure that we're not giving them three, four options. We want to give them one or two options and say, hey, let's look at this because a lot of people want their loved one involved in the decision, of course. Um, Let's look at this so then um, that they can look at each of the homes. And what I tell them is make sure that you're paying attention to your parent, for instance, their, their reaction in the home while we're touring because in the moment, you'll be able to see that reaction where they might not remember if they liked it later down the world, down the road. Right, right. Now, speaking of which, um, how do you get people emotionally ready for that transition? People, people are scared. You know, it's really difficult. And I'm, I think the way that we do it and the way that I've always kind of went along is just to educate them. Um, there's a lot of people that are frustrated Uh, because their loved one's not ready, depending, it doesn't matter, you know, what is going on in their loved one's life, they're just not ready, they don't think that they're old enough, or they don't think, you know, a number of other things. Um, And it's really about educating them about, you know, this is what we've seen as professionals. This is, you know, how we've seen the journey go. This is what might be coming up in your journey. Um, And talking it out with them, as opposed to throwing it at them, And I often find the more often we can have a conversation with family or the senior that's not ready to move or not in that emotional headspace, you know, sometimes it takes a couple of conversations, but just being really honest and not pushing, right? And that's a lot of reason why people come to us as well as, you know, if they're not ready, they're not ready. And how can we support them in their home until they're ready? And then by the way, you know, if and when this crisis happens, then give me a call back type of situation, because often that is what happens. People aren't ready and then a crisis happens and then they have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you like, you're totally selling me here. <laughs> like I'm sold already. Right. But let, let me ask you something. Like, do you think it's information or what do you think the reason is, is why people don't do more pre-planning? You know, I think they're scared. I think they're really scared. I think that they, again, to not understanding or having a bad experience A lot of our seniors have friends that have done X, Y, and Z or moved to this home or that home. And then they have these influences. So if you're a senior making, you know, looking at making a move, you have the influence of friends and, you know, they don't know your situation. You have the influence of family and they may not know your whole situation as well. And so, 
you know, they, the easiest thing to do is close down for any of us in a stressful situation. And so if you've got different multiple, like multiple information sources coming at you, the easiest thing is to not do anything. Right. Um, right. right? And so they, just, they just turtle. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, on, on my podcast, like I was telling you, is that I'm all about planning on and every guest that I've had on is like the end result is plan. Right. And it's like, there's a lot of things. And I've even tried this with my parents and I'm in the industry and I say, Hey, let's make a plan. Like, tell me where this is or what this is. And they say, no, nope. <laughs> you know, they don't want to think about it. Some people think they're going to jinx themselves. Right. And it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> just write something down for me. Would you? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you say that. Cause I, you know, I know in my process, I use a, uh, an estate planning uh, document that, that basically documents everything that a client has right and it's about about 15 pages long right and a lot of people look at it and they go jesus why is it so long and i'm like well i you know you got to include the social media passwords and you got to sh- include the 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 rogers bill and and they're like why would i want to do that i'm like well if something happens to you did you want rogers to keep billing your bank account while you're not around <laughs> and they're like oh yeah. yeah they do that and i'm like all the time <laughs> well so, they don't know necessarily that you know you've passed away or if you like yeah. what happens right and it's like and the family didn't know that you were you know getting cable service right right so, yeah so little things like that i think are good um memory triggers and, and, and stuff like that. And I, you know, another thing I always say is I'm not a plumber. I tell this to my wife all the time. She asked me to do stuff and I'm like, like, I'm not a plumber and electrician. I hire people to do that. So I love what you do because I think it's, it's a very soft sell, right? You're saying basically you're a professional at what you do. You're going to save time, money, and energy. And, and, you know, uh, yes, you can try to do it yourself, but what is that learning curve going to look like? What is that stress level going to look like? What is that time commitment going to look like? So, I mean, well, for me, I give it away. Like, I, I think my associate here uh, at the office, she knows, like, I, I, I give everything away. Like, I do relationship is what I do best. And everything else I can, I basically ask someone else to do it for me because I know what my weaknesses are and I know my strengths, right? So um, well, that's somebody, awesome. If somebody wants to, to make this move, for instance, like the learning curve for the retirement living industry is epic. Like, even when I bring on advisors, it is in a learning curve and you can see their knees jittering just a bit as they're learning because we learn all the homes in the area, right? And so just, and a lot of people who are researchers want to learn about all of them. But then before they do that, they also have to learn about how the industry works and all of that. And so it's like in their daily life, they may work for the government, for instance, doing something completely different. And then they have to take on this whole other uh, area and industry and it's astronomical. Yeah. No, I can't. No. See, in my spare time, you know what I like to do? Work on my motorcycle and, uh, you know, in my other hobbies. That's the thing. Yeah. So, Amy, tell me a little bit about your book. You said so in your in your bio, you mentioned that you had a book. What's your book about? Uh, So it's called Breadcrumbs, Piecing Together the Retirement Living Industry. And it's, again, one of those books that is just like a super soft book. It just gives you some idea about um, working with your siblings, it gives you some idea about dementia planning and strategies, um, and really just to give you some direction. Um, and it's, like you said, it's really easy, soft sell, right? It's, it, you know, not only is it, you know, very inexpensive and free on some, you know, on Amazon, um, but, you know, if, if you're looking into this industry, it's really easy. You don't have to talk to anybody. You just grab the book, 
and, and have a read. And that way, you know, you're not interacting with a whole bunch of people trying to find this information out. So it's really just a start to people's journey. A lot of our clients, when they're not ready, we recommend it too. And a lot of people have actually been reading it lately because we've gotten a lot of um, feedback saying, you know, it was just what I needed just to start what I'm, you know, trying to do, or, you know, my mom or my dad doesn't want to do this at all but I've gotten them convinced to at least read the book, right? Because it's not even a big book, right? It's just a small book and it just gives them some direction. That's great. No, that's fantastic. I love it, right? I think, I think um, you know, when you, go, when you go back in time 20, 30 years ago, uh, I, I think now people want relationship. They want knowledge and they want to be able to make their own choices. They don't want to be sold to, they want to buy, right? Yeah. And I love that. I love the way you're doing it because that's the way really is give it all away, give it all away. And if you give away 51%, 49 is going to come back to you karma wise, right? It just helps. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I love what you're doing. Um, Amy, why don't you tell everyone how to get, get a hold of you? Like how do they contact you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, for tea and toast, uh, our website's teaandtoast.ca. And then if the folk, if your folks would like to listen to our podcast, it's artfulagingwithamy.com. And uh, there's a there's a link there for we do video and podcast, so you can listen to it on e- on either. That's fantastic, Amy. You know what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually put a link for your book on our website. Uh, the uh, mycleanbreak.ca website is updating in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we're gonna have an, a resource uh, tab that's gonna have all the different books from different people that are coming on the show. So we're gonna put your book on there. We'll put a link to your web page. And as well, if you have any content that you'd like to share with us or share with the listeners, uh, let us know and we'll put it on the webpage as well so people can get in touch with you that way as well. Uh, one last question for you. Why tea and toast? <laughs> you know, that is one of the top questions we're asked. So when I was forming up my business, finding a name is ridiculous. It's really, it is a feat. Uh, and when I, I came to tea and toast, because a lot of our seniors are eating tea and toast, it's a comfort food, they go to it as that comfortableness. Um, but it's also a red flag. So if you're a, um, a loved one of that senior, and that person's eating tea and toast all the time, that that is probably a nutritional red flag, or they can't get out for groceries, or they don't have the energy or anything. So it works on both sides. Wow. Um, you know, I, you know, people are drawn to us for the comfortness. Um, if that's a word, <laughs> the, the comfortableness and, uh, and then others are drawing to us because they know that it's a red flag. And then the, the other, the other part is just they like the name. <laughs> cool. I like it. No, I like it. I love that. It's, I, you know, you know, I was going to ask that, but I waited to the very end of the podcast. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to plant a seed when we post this and I'm going to say, you want to find out the name of what, it, what tea and toast means? You got you to gotta listen to the podcast and they're going to have to wait to the very end to find out. So I love it. <laughs> All right, Amy, thank you again for joining us. And uh, for everyone out there listening, we encourage you to check out the mycleanbreak.ca website to uh, find more professionals to connect you on your life transition and your life journey. We've got them all there and we're happy to, uh, to help you out in your, in your transitions. Until next time, everyone, we thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on life transitions. You can find more topics like today's and other great advice from life transition professionals at mycleanbreak.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. mycleanbreak.ca has clear and simple advice from trusted local professionals to help you get to the other side of any transition. 